Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. can't get them but you can catch us the c3 podcast rolling 9 p.m on tuesday nights we're back normal and we're providing you our own state of the union address state of the nation backed by a little bit of uncertainty that's the night the tonight's show's title cody episode 18.49 we're three away from the end of season six and i've had a blast hanging out with you during it I've loved every minute of it, brother. And, you know, uh, on years like this, where the Panthers fail you and, and, and break your heart, it's good to be a Clemson Tiger fan, baby. That's all I got to say. National champions. I'm going to wave my Clemson flag bright and orange, baby. Dominated Saban, dominated Alabama. But we're here to talk about the Panthers, so that's what we're going to do. I love everybody in the chat. I see a bunch of... You know, uh, guys that are that we love, that are normals to the show. Josh from Mass, Tim Tizzy. I'm ready to Underground do it. West. Underground, Underground West. Underground West here. Shout out to Buck What You Heard, my boy who does the Bucks podcast. I know he's here probably listening to see what we're going to be talking about with Bruce Arians because you know we're going to hit on the Bucks getting him. In fact, look, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you're listening, watching on YouTube, Facebook, turn your phone to portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button. It's pretty simple to do. Uh, it's free. That's your free gift to us for the new year. On top of that, uh, subscribe to us on all the major social media platforms, especially the podcast, the audio version of podcast, in case you can't catch the live when you can take us on the go. Very low data that way. And uh, tonight we got a... A cool thing. We've, I think we've actually got some good stuff to talk about here. Number one, we'll be talking about Arians, Arian, Bruce Arians to the books. It's hard to say. A lot of S's in there, right? <laughs> what have I want to ask you guys, the chat room, you, Cody, what have we learned from the playoffs that can help us as we build a Panthers team going forward, especially in respect to the quarterback position? And that's where the uncertainty of the podcast title comes from. And uh, we're going to be talking about the salary cap. We got some good thoughts, some kind of emergent first opinions on that, uh, and and plus more. Your cat calls the numbers two five two 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 eight 
5098. And uh, we want to get your opinion, your thoughts on where Panther Nation is right now as these changes are going. And especially in that question, what are we learning from postseason teams this year that can help us understand going forward? So if you want to, you can support the show on Patreon or, or donate via P- PayPal. But really, we want your support in the chat room and on the cat calls line. That's the way to do it. So let's go ahead and jump into this. The big news right now, I think, of the day that is actually related to the Panthers, it's just inadvertently, is Arians to the Bucks, right? And today it was announced that Bruce Arians, that the Buccaneers have officially hired and reached a four-year agreement with head coach Bruce Arians. And the idea here, though, is this is actually a interesting and a good hire, I think, for the Bucks, particularly because there is a, a, a relationship, a positive relationship between Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston, which then puts the Bucks into a place where they can be building as a contender rather than a blow-up, Maybe we don't even have Jameis going forward in two years. And now we've got our quarterback that with a coach that believes in him, who is an offensive guy who can take a team that has seemingly a decent amount of talent, particularly on the offense and, and with a couple of good weapons on the outside, a couple of good tight ends and really make them a solid contender. So your initial thoughts on the hiring of Bruce Arians, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I think that was a a, a brilliant pickup for them. Um, I also want to add in that not only are they picking up Bruce Arians, but the former New York Jets head coach Todd Bowles is also joining in as the defensive coordinator for the Bucks. So all of a sudden, you know, it's like two years ago or so, the the Tampa Bay brought in all these free agents and Deshaun Jackson. And um, they had some uh, good draft picks, and then nothing came of it. Um, now this kind of feels as the uh, coaching equivalent of that for Tampa Bay, even though we don't yet have the results of it. Um, I, I mean, I honestly don't know if you're Tampa Bay, how you could be mad at this. I mean, I know the uh, uh, Buck, what you heard, was in the was in the chat. I'm interested to hear his perspective on the matter, but. I mean, I think this is a perfect matchup. Uh, there, there's been a rapport between Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston for a long time now. They're apparently fast friends or whatever. And um, and Todd Bowles, you know, in, in, in New York, the defense was never the problem with the Jets. It was always more so the offense. And um, Todd Bowles is a very respected, defensive-minded coach. So, um, and they have a... Uh, top 10 draft pick. Uh, if you're Tampa Bay right now, you have to be absolutely ecstatic about um, the, the potential of uh, Bruce Arians being the head coach uh, for Tampa Bay and what he might be able to pull out of Jameis that other coaches failed to do. Wasn't a ton worried about the the addition of Bruce Arians at first, or at least the rumors. I listened to some like uh, like Buck, what you heard, and some other uh, uh, Bucks po- podcasts and things. And and uh, alone, Arians is intriguing and a good, I think, a solid hire guy that has experience. There's it's probably low risk. He is 67 years old. He's had some health concerns in the past. 
his family has been concerned about his um you know how much he gives to football and how and the strain that has on his body and his health so there's that but i think at here when you add todd bowles to this group this is what makes it very scary to me and the reason i believe scary first is look we beat a cardinals team twice in the playoffs coached by bruce arian so it's not like he has the panthers number or something but Todd Bowles, I believe, is kind of a victim of circumstance in many ways. A team that has, sure, failed to start it out well in his first year as a head coach, but descended um, to like a 7-8 team or a type or 7-9 and nine type team. But Todd Bowles had never had a good relationship, it seemed like, with the uh, general manager and they had been in disagreement over the direction of some of the personnel decisions going forward. So there's some, there was some tension there that I believe came and really part of the ousting of bowls, maybe not giving him one more year was that, Hey, this is a general manager who has some is, is also trying to save his neck. Todd Bowles has had very little. He's had no quarterbacks while he's been in with New York. He's had very little offensive weapons that aren't like a bazillion years old in a Matt Forte or a Brandon Marshall. Now, there's some other guys there. It's happened to me twice tonight. Am I there now? I hear you now, yes. Okay, excellent. All right, so what my point with is Todd Bowles has not necessarily had a strong offense with the the New York Jets at any case. But you know how we've talked about the Panthers have been in games by one score or less. A lot of losses came. The Jets are, have been a team for the last three years that have been very much like that. And that is because their defense is has been tremendous and been very good with not like – in. So while, uh, while Tony uh, reconnects his, uh, his uh, camera and tries, and tries to figure out his end – um, I do understand what you're saying, and it's, it's you know, Todd Bowles has been a consistent coach. He hasn't always been, um, you know, a, a, a top-tier coach in the NFL, but he's never, uh, you know, he's never been the problem, I would say. And uh, Todd Bowles is a guy that, you know, he might not be best suited as a head coach. It feels as though he might be one of those people that is better as a defensive coordinator um, you know, and if you're looking at uh, at the Jets now and who they might hire, uh, it, if they you know stick with the trend and hire another offensive-minded head coach, you know they have a young quarterback, a ton of money. Uh, there's a few teams that have been bottom dwellers for a while now, and all of a sudden their fortunes are looking up. And the Jets seem to be one of them, and Tampa Bay seems to be uh, one of them as well. Are you back? So I. Yeah, I think so. As as we have, as if these connection issues continue, I might just have to refresh the browser. It seems to be working. So, Cody, you just pick up if I freeze up. All right, um, will do. So, so yeah, as as I think that the Bulls addition is really what makes this a very, very uh, a solid uh, hire and a couple that's going to come in there with a lot of experience and really some. Uh, not only that, but also a history together. So you're yeah. listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. 
Uh, we want to get your thoughts. You can call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Cody, let's go on to this. We had the playoffs this weekend, uh, the wild card week. Uh, Dallas beats uh, Seattle in, in a squeaker. Indianapolis dominates the Texans. And the Philadelphia Eagles squeak away with get lucky at the end with a a block. It's hard to call it a block. They say it was a block, but at least a yeah. uh, a field goal that hit the post like seven times that season. So now my question as we watch the playoffs this weekend, what did you stood out to you? What were you interested in and in seeing that you thought that the Panthers need to mimic, recreate, or at least build upon for next season to be in that postseason next year? You know, one of the things that I've noticed is that um, the younger quarterbacks, the the quarterbacks that didn't have a lot of um, NFL experience in the postseason, they struggled a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I did not do well with my picks. I picked the Colts, the the Chargers, which I hit on. Uh, no, I, no, pardon me. I picked the Texans. I picked the Chargers. I picked the Bears. And I picked Seattle. So uh, I'm, I'm minus 75 here. Um, but my, I don't know. My, my takeaway, though, is that really it comes down to the trenches. And the, the thing that I took away is that if you look at that, that Bears-Philadelphia matchup, you know, that down the line, Philadelphia's offensive line has been playing incredible. And you have to be able to do that, especially if you want to go on the road and especially if you want to play some of these more dominant defenses like a Chicago. Um, You have to be able to protect your quarterback and and give him time to move the ball, which, I mean, I'm a broken record at this point. Uh, The Panthers have failed to do that with Cam Newton. And you, you have to be able to give your quarterback, the man you pay all the money to, enough time to make plays in the postseason when it matters the most. And I found that the teams that did that, they were able to win the football game. Uh, Dallas did well with that. Um, Dallas is another team. Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Dallas, and the Chargers. Indianapolis' turnaround is bonkers to me, man. Absolute bonkers. I I mean – that that if you look at where that team has been, and then over the course of one draft, and then they changed the head coach, the the general manager, and that's a whole different football team now. That is an entirely different football team. Um, and Tony, I, I believe you said you were you know uh, tired of hearing the comparison of you know the the Panthers needing to do what the Colts were doing, or or maybe that was just in relation to. Cam Newton and the shoulder problems, but yeah, that's what it was. Indianapolis right now is absolutely doing the what what you need to do if you're a team that has a quarterback that's incredibly talented who uh, it has been under service. I mean, they put a better head coach around him, better players on the offensive line. Look how many draft picks panned out for them. Two, not one, but two starters on the offensive line. Uh, Darius Leonard had the most tackles in the NFL from the middle linebacker position. I mean, and they have a ton of money to spend, which we're going to touch on in a little while. 
Man, I'm telling you, I, I know this isn't a, um, a pick segment right now, but I, I, I'm loving that Indianapolis matchup in, in Kansas. I, I think the Colts are primed to dethrone uh, the Chiefs once more in their first uh, playoff at home. The, the Colts have a lot going for them in this. Is Like you said, all those things you said, and you know the turnaround you're talking about is a team that's starting to coalesce as a team. We've yeah. seen Panthers teams do this, and that is that they've grown together to play together. We didn't see the Panthers team do this this season, is that it never all came together, and it's really starting to come together offensively and defensively, interestingly. The Colts are playing far better than we expected. Now, attuned to this is that continue on that thread of the playoffs and what you're talking about with the offensive line. I'd like to point out that every team with a good that had better offensive line play won this week except for one, and that was Chicago. Chicago's offensive line uh, played pretty well, I think, against the Eagles' defense. I think Chicago did everything to win that game. Uh, they did not look like. I mean, you're just disappointed if you're the if you're the Bears. That that's a real, as Ron Rivera would say, a missed opportunity. The second thing, though, about this offensive line play going back to Indianapolis, Cody, is one thing that a lot of people, as we enter draft season and as the draft Twitter draft GMs come out. Yeah. What they will do is that all of a sudden they will talk about players that they really like, but they didn't like them where we dra- where they're mocked or where they're drafted. And it's not about the player. It's about, oh, well, you don't take a guard there. You get a guard in the third round. You don't do this there or that that's too You know, you could have gotten him seven picks later. But what you saw with both, I mean, the Cowboys did it first. Then the Colts did it, and that is they just invested a ton on the offensive line, and it tends to be like this. It seems like they st- like those high-end offensive line picks have less risk of failure. They might not have the highest ceiling out of everybody in the entire draft at that point, but they have a higher floor, and what you get is if these guys can come in and get healthy – You've already seen the traits that translate to the NFL in a lot of ways, and then it becomes about fine-tuning technique. So this continues to bolster to me is like if we just go all offensive line and defensive line in this entire draft almost and then continue to work other skill positions in and additions through free agency, I got no problem with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, and you know, it, it's not necessarily that there's any one pick uh, or uh, of of a certain position that's more surefire in the first rounds, but it's just that in those that first and second round, you want to pick guys at the most important positions that are going to help you to win right now, and those tend to be linemen. You know, there have been some busts. Uh, there have been uh, some high round busts. I mean, look at Matt Khalil, you know, all-time Panther. Yeah, top 10 picks. Legend. Yeah, top 10 picks have uh, are guys that are put in supreme positions that are either a boom or bust, right? But when you're talking right. 20s, look at this. Is that would you rather have Kelvin Benjamin or uh, maybe who is the guard that Martina Hernandez 
that the that the Giants drafted at thirty four last year. Kelvin Benjamin or him, or him? Oh, I was I was very high on Hernandez, and even though he started slow, he ended up being lights out for the Giants down the road. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm a hundred percent on your side. Um, and and again, you know, the fans get so excited for the draft, and you know, you want to draft the new. Uh, the the badass defensive end that's just a monster on the edge, you know, a Nick Bosa or a, or a Miles Garrett, you know, you, you get excited about those. But oftentimes the picks that are the most necessary are the most boring. Sometimes you yeah. take a center in the first round. Sometimes you take a guard. And, I mean, but those guys, I mean, I can honestly say that right now the most impressive rookie – in all the NFL this year, and that goes for Saquon Barkley and Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, the most impressive one is Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is a man amongst boys. He absolutely dominates, just throws them to the ground, just does them nasty, man. And, and you know, that is the type of player that will change the mentality of your offensive line to be able to run the football, and pass successfully, you have to be able to do it. And um, I, I will say this, a, a little shameless plug, tune in tomorrow to drafttech.com. We have a brand-new draft coming out. And let's just say I, I think I did a good job filling, filling in some of the needs that the Panthers have uh, coming up in this draft. So drafttech.com, check that out. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so moving on or continuing on with what, I, what stood out to me about this playoff matchup that is related to the Carolina Panthers is yet we have yet to see the number one seeds just yet with all the offensive firepower coming with the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Rams still to come. But what really stood out to me is that this week was a defensive football weekend. Uh, weekend. The highest point total was scored by the the Los Angeles Chargers at 23 points. Behind that, the Indianapolis Colts scored 21. Defense was an important part of these games. And I know the people on Twitter all were talking about how boring these games were. But to me, uh, other than... The Chargers, Baltimore, well, I would say Indy Houston was the blowout of blowouts, even though I give Deshaun Watson credit for trying to fight back with every ounce of his body and every ounce of his energy. These games had exciting endings, though, at least, at the very minimum, but defense really was the story of wild card weekend. Now, whether or not that goes all the way in uh, further, but I think that this is that we can be enamored with the high-power offenses. But look, there were good offenses that didn't make the playoffs. The Atlanta Falcons had a good offense. They didn't make the playoffs, right? There are, it's still an important part, is stopping the other damn team. Yeah, uh, 100%. And, um, you know, we do have some needs on on the defensive line. And, and listen, they're not even small. And, uh, I mean, we, we have a problem at, at the defensive end position. Uh, with Mario Addison on one year left uh, on his contract, and he had a down year also himself. I mean, he he and I said, even though he had a down year, I would still say Mario Addison was our best pass rusher last year. 
Um, consider that Julius Peppers is not coming back. And, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to affect the quarterback. It, it, it must happen. You have to be able to do it. So the trenches, the trenches, the trenches. David Gettleman, you know, the much-hated uh, general manager of the Panthers now, said big men allow you to compete. And I believe that's true. You just have to pick the right big men at the right time. Uh, the I want to see this. Is I think who said in the chat room? Somebody said in the chat room that the top five defenses. It was Scott Thomas, I believe. Said I believe the top five defenses are out of the playoffs. I'm looking at it right now. League leaders in defense this season. When it comes to how do you want to measure it? Yards uh, per game allowed. Is that a fair one to look at? Or uh, like right now you're talking about, oh, this is just, is this just postseason? This is just postseason, regular season. Let's see what this is. Yards per game. It looks like the best defense was, who is this? Baltimore, 292. Buffalo, Bears, Vikings, Jags, Steelers, Cowboys, Titans, Chargers. Chargers got a top 10 defense. And the Bears really should be in it. The Bears should be, I think, um, a a team that is not considered a loser in this case, even though they did. But good point is that what we it might not be an all-defensive game, but you got to be able to stop the other team from scoring. Last thing I think I want to talk about or point to, that sticks out to me, nor next point, is um, you watch the Baltimore uh, Ravens and how putrid their offense was until the last eight minutes of the game. Five minutes yeah. of game, really. What I saw here as I continued and I messaged you, Cody, and all it made me think is that if we don't have Cam Newton next year, this is a big damn problem. And to the point of it could be catastrophic and one that needs to really be considered as a potential possibility that we cannot just continue only to believe that the Carolina Panthers are going to trot Cam Newton out there no matter what on week one. I do believe – I don't believe he's going to miss a whole season. I don't think that. But we haven't heard anything about a surgery happening yet. So we don't really know, again, the shroud of mystery – that comes with Cam Newton's shoulder. Cody, I messaged you. I said, damn, we need to do something about the backup quarterback. And I don't believe the answer is on the roster. Well, I I mean, that's where you and I kind of disagree on this. Um, One, I think Kyle Allen does have a lot of potential. And in order for someone to show you that they're the guy for the job, they have to be in the situation to prove it. And I do think between him and Taylor Heineke, He was clearly the better of the two quarterbacks. But this is kind of where I differ, though. You know, we have needs that we need to fill. Uh, We have guys that we're going to either move on from or we're going to have to sign to a new contract. And, uh, you know, we have to manage the salary cap. And and then, uh, in my opinion, to bring in another quarterback on top of that, like, let's be real. If Cam isn't there, I don't think a backup quarterback is leading us to the playoffs. And then who would you even – who would you even pick up? So the guy that started the conversation was Joe Flacco. And, you know, if Joe Flacco isn't yep. going to be there next year, they're going to have Lamar Jackson. What about Joe Flacco here in Carolina? 
And my mindset is he wants to start somewhere. I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP. And, um, yeah, but he's on the back end. He got yeah, demoted he, for a guy that can't even connect with, like, half of his passes. But does he even fit in our offense, though? I mean, does does Joe Flacco run a Carolina offense effectively? I mean, I haven't watched enough Joe Flacco to really know how is he. Oh, I, a, I hate a... Joe Flacco. Here's the thing is the irony of this is I put out his name, and I think he's, like, the worst deep ball quarterback <laughs> I've seen in, in forever. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, what I'm starting to think, though, is this, is that my question is this, is really I threw out next the name Bridgewater, right? You can go down the list of these weird quarterbacks, even to like maybe an RG3 type. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else. What I'm talking about is a quarterback that has experience who at least gives you an opportunity to be competitive in games in a for an eight game stretch or ten game stretch if necessary or six game stretch. I don't know if I can cont- what about this? Is what if we have no idea what the health of Cam Newton's shoulder is and we just say, you know what, it's Kyle Allen is our guy. That's a lot of you're pushing a lot of chips on the table on a guy that you saw like two quarters of film on. A real game experience yeah. who got injured. And then the other alternative is if you don't go get a guy who's a, a who's like a real NFL backup, a guy that can't start but is a real backup, then you got to go into the draft and get a guy. And at that point, unless it's high up in the draft, they're going to stink too. So you're not going to really play them. So I'm just saying this is that if Cam Newton's not healthy and we don't have – a real serious acquisition at the backup quarterback, I can go ahead and I I don't see how the offense can function. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, though, it's time for, and in my opinion, it's been time for the Panthers to draft and cultivate a backup quarterback to be behind Cam Newton instead of going out and spending money that could be used on other positions, on other more important and deficient positions, you you use um you use that money for that and then you have a talent behind them that you know is able to come in they've been in the system they've had some time with the ones in practice uh, that that can run the system so for example uh, you and I in the preseason both like Josh Dobbs and Joshua Dobbs is someone that I wanted the Panthers to draft with a uh, fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, there are guys to be had. He could but- be a guy we could go get. He might actually be a guy who has, look, he's not green entirely. He's got more experience than a Kyle Allen does, right? Even more pedigree. Maybe that's the type of guy you go get instead of a Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I would not be opposed to that. I did not think that Bridgewater looked all that hot when he played the Panthers in the final game of the season. Um, you know, and then you might say, well, Teddy Bridgewater has a North Turner connection and, uh, he was able to get the most out of Teddy Bridgewater for a long time. And maybe that's true. I, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that you draft players and you build them up. You build from in-house instead of going out and, and spending, you know, you have to do it at some point. Um, I mean, look, look at the Patriots, you know, now granted it's a, a different situation, but 
drafting Jimmy Garoppolo to the, you know, that was a player that they were able to trade to San Francisco. And I mean, the San Fran spent draft picks and whatever, and then they paid him a bunch of money. If you draft a player and they end up being of enough quality, then eventually you deal them out there. And I heard Jonathan Jones. I heard Jonathan Jones, writer from the SI.com. I I know of this man before he was ever known to you guys because my first Twitter argument ever in the world came with Jonathan Jones when I first got on Twitter and I was a student at ECU. He was writing for uh, the UNC Tart, like the Chapel Hill, the Tar Hill, their, their school newspaper. And he talked junk about the ECU Pirates and how they how that the, the, we think it's a rivalry, but the Carolina Tar the the Tar Heels don't think it's a rivalry, and he was kind of making fun of us. And then we beat him twice in the last five years and put up seventy on on him twice in the last five years. I just want to put out that 70, 70 twice on y'all fools. But um, I heard him say this, and I and I understand those examples, but I also caution that it just sounds good in some ways, Cody. How many other times does it truly work out where guys have done this? The only other t- look is that I'm thinking this is some some times that have come to us and they blew it was our, the Redskins drafted Kirk Cousins. They dual picked with RG3 and Kirk Cousins. They were unable to make that parlay that I'm trying to think Brett Hundley when it comes to Green Bay. Matt Flynn maybe is another one that actually he's the guy that got paid but didn't do – so it is a good theory. I just don't know how often and how frequently we see it truly happen. You almost have to have a team where that person has no chance of actually playing real football and they just go have some good preseason games and you tuck them away and you talk about how smart they are. Yeah, well, I mean, it also it, it depends on having a front office that does their due diligence and, and they can pick the right players. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh, they draft well, and they were able to see how good Joshua Dobbs was and how many records he broke at Tennessee, and they were able to bring him in. I mean, you you, you know, you, the, sometimes the juice is worth the squeeze, and you have to be able to do it on situations like that. So I'm not necessarily saying, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not saying that you're going to find the next Jimmy Garoppolo if you draft him. But I'm saying you at least have a chance. You can't if you don't. Yeah, you can't if you don't. But also, you might be able to find a guy that's serviceable enough to come in and, and you know win a few football games when your quarterback isn't healthy enough to play. Which we're all praying to God that Cam Newton is healthy enough to 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 play. Because one of the things I was saying was, listen, if we don't have Cam Newton. We don't have a shot. That's yeah. That, and I've I, been I saying that. I said that's, that's what I said all season. That all, that I said all season. So if that's the way we're gonna do it, that's the way we're gonna do it. All right. Last thing that stood out to me in the playoffs is that uh, a guy that I was a fan of when it comes to free agency for the Carolina Panthers, given especially Greg Olson's uh, health in, in the last two seasons, was Eric Ebron. Leaving Detroit, he goes to Indianapolis. People slept on him in fantasy football. He was uh, insulted by the fantasy football gurus earlier in the season. And, boy, Eric Ebron came to play 
in this latter half of the season. This guy has been tremendous for the Colts, and that caused me to look at the Colts roster even further, Cody. And so yeah. they've got Eric Ebron, who stood out to me, where, hey, we're okay. We got Ian Thomas, and now we are going to have Greg Olson coming back. We're not going to cut him. We won't save any money as long as he doesn't retire. But, boy, when I looked at the figures, Cody, and an insane amount of money, how is this possible? The Colts have $123 million in available cap space going into next season, and they're in the damn playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 insane, man. You know, this is what happens when you, one, draft well, because it means you have a bunch of players on your team that are good right now, and they don't cost you a whole lot of money. Uh, um, and, you know, you're not paying a bunch of money on special teams, uh, even on your defense. If you look at that Indianapolis defense, they have no real dominant pass rusher or uh, defensive back that you might be able to point to. I mean, you know, uh, there was a guy out of Ohio State that they drafted. But, yeah, man, right now the, the Colts, they have absolutely turned uh, their entire – you know, Mojo upside down. They have money to spend. Uh, Andrew Luck is healthy. They have a competent offensive line. They're they're pressuring the quarterback. And yeah, man, it's it, it's insane to me, man, how how some of these teams out of nowhere just have millions of dollars to spend. And then the Panthers, as per usual, were meddling somewhere uh, around the bottom, you know. We have more money than maybe we might have thought, but we're still kind of floundering there. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're going to bring in our buddy, our pal, the man, the myth, the legend, the founder of C3 himself, Joe Riolano in the house. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, happy to be on tonight and, and uh, begin this off season. Um, looking ahead, we've got a lot to discuss, and the team has, um, <laughs> has really got their work cut out for them. But, um, happy to be on with you guys tonight. I really am. It's, um, it's a pure pleasure working with the both of you. All right, Joey. Well, I got to ask you this is that as you watch the playoffs unfold and now you hear the Colts have $120 million or more in available cap space, Cody was telling me earlier that the that the target could, for them could be Le'Veon Bell, right? And they could do it with that type of money. Boy, that's scary to think of a team with that much money to spend that's already clicking that much. Wow. And they have quite a, a good running back there now. Um, his last name uh, is Mack. Marlon Mack. Yeah, yeah Marlon Mack. Yeah, he played well this year for them. And um, bringing in an uber-talented player like Bell, that is terrifying. I really thought they Cody could trade for They could trade for Antonio Brown. But they really, got the money. They to, yes, they have the money. How terrifying is that? Cody was saying it, and I think Cody has hit the nail on the head, is that what you saw is this, is you've seen a Colts roster that has really been bolstered by two years of successful drafting. Even though they haven't been good without without Andrew Luck, it was hard to see some of the additions that were being made. But 
what they this is a cumulative this is a cumulative effort their success is the cumulative success of the past two drafts so indianapolis with that kind of money made me start thinking cody about the carolina panthers and their cap situation and particularly the probably what i would say is the one discussion that maybe fascinated me the most was one on twitter that occurred and you were a part of it i was uh, a peeping tom in it at first i commented it in tonight and that is about how the Carolina Panthers look with their salary cap going forward and some of the changes they could make in doing this, or as or should I say, in making some adjustments to the number. Right now, according to overthecap.com, the Carolina Panthers have um, the Carolina Panthers have currently $25 million in cap space. 25 and a half, not the 117 million that they were talking about, that we're talking about for the Colts. Some names that initially came up. This was by at Black and Blue Maniac. Gene Farrell pointed out that initially that we could cut some potential players. One of the first and most popular names is Don, uh, is, is Don Tari Poe. And if he was a post-June cut, which everybody keeps talking about, the post-June 1 cut, which would not help us until 2020, he would save $6 million against the cap. I actually think, how about this? As I'll open this to you guys, is Don Terry Poe on this roster next year? Joey. (laughs) Joe, I'll let Mm. let you... uh, jump on since I've been running my mouth all show. Well, I think, uh, thankfully, if we do have to cut him, he is a, a post-June 1st, so that gives us an opportunity to perhaps acquire his replacement uh, in free agency or real the draft. And that depends on um, if you want another position that you need to fulfill in the draft. Um, there are two prospects as of right now that come to mind um, as a one-tech defensive tackle uh, that you could put to just eat up space and just be a, um, a uh, you know, a, a someone that you could put next to K1 short. And that is... Um, Raekwon Davis out of Alabama or Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson, my national oh, champion yeah. Tigers. And I would love that. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if Donatari Pope was worth the money that we paid him. Uh, in fact, I pretty much know that he was not worth that kind of money. Um, mm-hmm. But I, that being said, you know, Tony, I feel that you said something during the season that kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, and it, it kind of happened to Kwan short too. When your defensive ends aren't generating consistent pressure, that there's now so much more onus on your defensive tackles to be able to do so much more that I feel more was put on to KK and to Don Tari Poe than they were able to handle. So even though I'm not, um, I'm not a, a, a fan of Don Tari Poe, um, 
you know, I'm, I, I don't know if, if we were able to give him a fair assessment this year, saying with our defensive line how it was. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. And um, listen, I'll, I'll turn it to, to Joey. Joey, if you had, you know, if you had your, your pick, uh, you know, are, are, you, are you moving on from Don Tari Poe knowing that you have to fill that position in the draft? I, I don't know. If, if you only get to post-June 1 cuts, um, I don't know that Poe's your guy in that situation. Um. Because if it's nothing else, he does add depth, experience depth. Right. And, you know, he, there may be some value there. Um, I think there are other players, i.e. Matt Khalil, uh, we need to get rid of if given the opportunity. He's more of a priority cut, if you will. Right, um, right, right, and and post June, post June first, we would end up saving seven point two million in cutting Matt Khalil. However, we would not have that money um, during free agency period. Right, right. Oh, say that again. Um, Matt Khalil, if we were to cut him post June first, that would be a seven point two million dollars saving. So if if we had him, uh, bef- even if we cut him sooner, um, it wouldn't be um, available money for us to use during free agency. So we're right. just going to have right. to live with the terrible contract that is Matt Khalil, whether we have him or cut him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I do think I, right now I just don't feel that cutting Poe is going to benefit as much as we think it's going to benefit, particularly if you have to fill the gap this year and then pay, and you don't get the savings till the next year. Unless you just are saying here, we're just going to try to create a lot of that salary cap room in 2020 when Cam is fully back and healthy and that we're all in at that moment. Uh, to me, some other names. I think the names to watch on the list is well. One was Captain Munderland. You could save two and a half million dollars now. I think you got to look at pre June first cuts as being helpful this year. Now, the interesting name on this list and the controversial name in the chat and in this thread was Mario Addison. Cutting Mario Addison saves the Carolina Panthers six million dollars. And uh, I, right now, is it was an unpopular position when it came to people on the Twitter forum. That's when you jumped in, Cody, and said that you were not uh, very interested in cutting Addison. And I second it right now is that I think you keep Poe. I think you keep Addison. And it's talking about adding and padding to that group, not detracting. Yeah. And you have to think about it this way. Even if you draft a player to replace both of those positions, your one tech and your defensive end, I mean, you're talking about depending, you know, being so confident that you hit on your picks that you're comfortable going with them being the starter essentially from preseason. I mean, you, you would lack depth at the position. Um, it just it makes no sense in the world to me. Mario Addison, he may not have been, um, you know, he may not have blown the doors off this year, but it's not a stretch of the imagination to say that, he has been our most consistent pass rusher 
for you know for the past what two or three years now. I just don't yeah. see. Uh, yeah, for 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 the money. I mean, it, and really, the money is not even that bad. I mean, Mm-mm. it's you know, not yeah, for seven, a starting defensive end. Six yeah. million dollars is chump change. The only way you do it is this: is that if you target somebody who is a high power free agent, and you take that money and you pair it with other money. And then you go after a guy that you say is going to be a three down defensive end. And then you go high in the draft after a defensive end and hope you can make do with some sort of veteran combination and FAO bottom. Yeah. And even then also don't, don't forget about we're going to lose Julius Peppers, you know, and I know there's been some, some rumors about him maybe coming back for another season. Listen, I love Julius. I don't want him back. I mean, his best years are, are behind him, and we need to, uh, you know, have younger players at the position. So if you're going to not have Julius Peppers and then draft his replacement and draft a replacement for Mario Addison and draft a replacement for Dontari Poe, who people don't want on the team, you're talking about three starting positions on the defensive line that you all of a sudden have to fill in the draft those are other positions that you're not being able to to service. You're not being able to service the offensive line, maybe a, a safety out there, another corner, another receiver. Yeah, there are picks that are wise to be able to save some money, but Mario Addison is not one of them. And even though fans are down on Don Tardy Poe, I don't think that one is it either. I think the real names to look – go ahead, Joey. I was gonna say I am not. I'm not totally against keeping Julius Peppers, um, but you got to draft a high end rookie if you do. He, he was playing last season. He is best when used in in passing situations, coming in every now and then, not playing you know, 80, 90% of the snaps. He needs to play like maybe 30% of the snaps, something like that. He can be effective then. He's not effective over the, for a whole game. He just isn't that guy anymore. Yeah. Here right. are the names I think are a real cut, a real potential uh, ways to change the cap around. Number one is Shaq Thompson, nine million dollar hit. You, either, if you extend him, you can make that. You can either cut him or extend him. You can trim that number. Captain Munderland is two million dollars in cap savings if you do it right now. Tory Smith, he's a goner at five million. And then there's other names I think up here that could you could trim some important money. Uh, Vernon Butler is one at one and a half million. Denoris Searcy with two and a half million. And Ross Cockrell even is scheduled. If you cut him, you could save 2.8 million. We don't know what his health has looked like. But I was thinking about this is what if the post June 1st cuts were Matt Khalil? And here it is. Surprise, surprise. His name just escaped me. And Graham Gano. Graham Gano, you can save $2.1 million only if you cut him after June 1st. So I would say, last, so those are some names that are that are sticking out to me in ways that you could 
uh, all of a sudden, trim, tighten the belt when and it comes. You take that $25 million and expand it. Now, I do want to point out this. For all the people out there that are talking about the Carolina Panthers and their cap situation being so terrible, $25 million is actually more money than we've had to operate with in the past, like, five years almost. And on top of that, there are no big names that need extensions other than if you want to deal with Shaq Thompson. So that is 100% money plus other money acquisition like cuts and space you free up to go get guys. Unlike last year where you're debating, do you keep Norwell? Who do you bring back? And we only had $19 million in cap space. Yeah. All right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers uh, podcast. Let's go ahead and get into the cat calls. The number's 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? One, it feels two, good, like. Hey guys, this is Captain Complainer. Um, I was listening to y'all's podcast on YouTube. Listen, y'all talk about what do you do with uh, Shaq Thompson and Thomas Davis? Perfect timing. Contract. I have a very simple solution. I mean, this is what you do: you cut Shaq Thompson. But before you cut Shaq Thompson, you uh, get a deal done with Thomas Davis for a league minimum, because right, he wants to play. Football is worth more to him than money right now. So league minimum, okay? And then if you do draft a linebacker first round, whatever, but, you know, at least you have a veteran sitting there playing, okay? And then if you don't draft a linebacker, you still have Jermaine Carter, okay? And I think uh, the other guys, I think Smith from USC, I mean, those yeah, are – Smith. I think those are pretty good uh, linebackers. I think they just had some injury problems in college. That's why they were drafted so late. Um <clears throat> So they can play behind them. And then if they don't work out whenever you put them in a Shaq Thompson role after you get rid of Shaq Thompson, you can just draft a linebacker the next year. I mean, we have we have to look at money. We cannot sign – we cannot keep Shaq Thompson for $9 million. Just can't happen. Cut him. Sign, before you do that, sign TD to leave them. Period. End of story. All right, guys. Oh, yeah, and also draft a quarterback in like the fifth or sixth round. We need to start drafting quarterbacks to groom and then if they become good whatever we can go yeah. ahead and just use this trade bait while we have if cam stays healthy all right so there we go all right keep pounding guys take it easy captain complainer there with a fantastic call i think i agree i think i agree right now i don't know if i have been excited enough by shaq thompson to to allocate significant amount of money and that is uh, nine million dollars is a significant amount of money I, I I don't I don't I don't like that. I'm not I'm not okay with dropping Shaq. Um, I mean, listen, you know, it, it okay for a first round draft pick, you want a certain level of play, and I don't feel that Shaq isn't capable of doing that. I just feel that his best role is probably where he was supposed to play and where he was drafted to play, and that's where Thomas Davis is. But Thomas Davis being here has 
kind of hurt Shaq, and yet Shaq, in my opinion, has still played well. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that. Um, I mean, he might not be worth nine million, but like I said, uh, there's only one linebacker. This this upcoming draft is a bad draft for linebackers. I'm just being forefront right now and being honest. There's only one um, that I would even spend a first round pick on, and that's yeah, Devin no White. Yeah, Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU, which, by the way, I would love him next to Luke. That would oh, be man, that would be a dream come true. Oh man, I hit a nerve of joy right there. Yeah, that 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 would be awesome, an awesome player for us to have, and I would love that. Um, but I just don't know if we're going to be able to fill all of our linemen needs in free agency. So, mm-hmm. in my in my mind, you know, that's what the draft will be for. So that's why I'm not so hot on drafting another linebacker, uh, you know, in the first round and also paying Thomas Davis. I mean, you know, we're trying to get younger and not older. So I don't, I I don't know. I'm, I'm more on the line with, um, you know, roll with Shaq for one more time, take that money on the chin and uh, see what you have in the guys that he mentioned, Andre Smith and uh, the linebacker out of um, Maryland. I forget his name at the moment. But all right, interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of it's kind of a tough one because right now we just see that nine million dollar, and we're just fixated on that. But there's a lot of different things you could do. Two, you, you can sign a two year deal, a three year deal. And you could make it so, you know, you could do some different things to where it doesn't have to stick like that. Or you can take it on the chin, like you said. The number's 252-228-5098. All right, guys. Uh, Carolina kid, Chicago kid. What the hell's name am I? Whatever, man. <laughs> he's, uh, he's trying to find his identity. Chicago yeah. kid. Uh, but uh, I just got a couple things here. So first and foremost, yeah, I uh, hopefully we figure out what's going on with Cam's shoulder. Um, you know, because that was that was uh, it, it's disturbing. On top of that, it was really disturbing to see how much pain uh, Jake Allen was in after that good start. Um, but I, I like the kid; he uh, he played hard. Um, outside of that, I just I really want to complain about something. So, <laughs> uh, did you guys see? The whole up in arms thing that Saints fan, Saints fans had with uh, Cam oh, yeah, throwing this is away great. a Saints yeah. uh, security guard or whatever, <laughs> dust pan or a fan, I don't know. Apparently what happened is uh, during that loss at the end of the season, uh, someone, a Saints fan, uh, asked Cam to – Autograph his dustpan, which I think is a very specific thing to to request to autograph. And Cam proceeded to throw it in the trash can after he acted like he was going to sign it, and then poured like Gatorade on it. Now, <laughs> uh, you know what? I can I can understand this time. Otherwise, you know, I'd be like, oh, well, that was not cool, whatever. But all right, the band's hurt, uh, having a terrible season record-wise. Uh, 
and you obviously got the dustpan idea from the whole broom idea from the saint. Uh, so, you know what? He's human, and he didn't think it was funny. But I do. So, uh, yeah, that's funny. I, I sub Saints fans. I hope you get knocked out in your first game for assholes. All right, guys. Uh, otherwise, just, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what, what comes up with the draft and free agency, that kind of thing. Uh, Cody, we got a big one on Monday. So, let's make it happen all in, and uh, let's get ready for those Clemson draft picks to land on the Panthers. All right, guys. Yeah, keep that's how you finish Chicago call, but don't worry, Chicago kid. We brought it home, baby. We're national champions, baby. Beat the hell out of Alabama because that's how you do it. And, yes, there are damn sure some players I would love to have on that team, on this team. But, yes, thank you for your call. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you guys – All right, yeah, that, that video circled around of uh, Cam Newton and the, the, the dustpan – um, I want to get you, uh, you guys, to jump in on this first, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll close it out with my opinion. You know what I think is that what I say here is fuck that little kid. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, you know, is look. First of all, I got little kids, and uh, sure, do I want some guy coming up and being like "f you" to my kid? Not necessarily, but if they're being a snotty ass brat, then you know what? Sometimes you get what you get, and you don't get upset. And what we're talking about is a game where the Saints are getting stomped in that game immediately. They, Yeah, they have had our number, but that was an insult right there, and it was never meant to be. So for, here's the thing is that I guess the only other thing that you could have said is Cam Newton could have just not even acknowledged the people. But you know what? Screw that little kid. Screw him and his dad and the people sitting around cheering for him. And screw all you assholes in the Twitter feed that are like, Cam Newton doesn't like kids, and he was so mean to that nine-year-old kid. I say, you know what? I still, I don't care if he was. It's like, you know what this reminds me of? That story. Do you remember when Jerry Richardson sent that care package of all the, like, uh, remember that one kid? And this was back, like, in the first season of our show, Joey. And the kid oh, said, like, I, I, yeah, he was trying to – he was from a state that didn't have an NFL team, and he was courting a team. And the Panthers sent him, like, this beautiful care package and a handwritten note from Jerry Richardson. And then the asshole took the package and then went became a fan, like a Cowboys fan. So screw him and screw this little kid. And you know what? You, should, you shouldn't teach your, parent, your parents. Your, ice up to the parents. That's my – what do you got, Joey? <laughs> I think um, he did it just to be a jerk because the Saints wept us last year, so he brought a dustpan to match his uh, his broom, and and Cam um, knew what he was trying to do. It was a fifteen year old kid. It wasn't like this was a six year old boy. The kid knew what he was doing. He was being a jerk. And so Cam was and, like, nah, forget you, buddy. I ain't trying to cry. And here, let me and not to mention, huh? Joey, to add to this, to add to this, this isn't just a one-off type story. Not only have we have the history of Sean Payton with the broom, but Cameron Jordan and those assholes sent a care package to Cam Newton oh. that had a broom that he kept in his locker all season. Right. So this is not just out of the blue. 
and just a little bit of trash talk. This is very calculated, pre-planned, and good for Cam. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Good for Cam. That's exactly how I feel. Good for Cam. So I like how he was jawing back and forth. Go ahead, Cody. Yeah. I'm very disappointed in myself because I had the video uh, saved in a Twitter post. And I since, you know, I was going to do this as my ice up pick last Tuesday night, but I, I cannot find that video for the life of me now on Twitter. Um, but this is what I'll say. If Cam Newton whipped out his dick and pissed on that dustpan, it wouldn't have been disrespectful enough. Okay? It wouldn't have been disrespectful enough. You don't ever do and listen, man, these are professional football players. And you're just gonna try and clown them like that and expect nothing in return. Come on, man. I'm not I'm not with it. You know, all these uh uh children uh, I mean, and, and it always seems like there's a story from New Orleans of uh, kids in New Orleans doing this. Like, I want to say there was a, a, a someone, a boy wearing a Panthers jersey, got him to sign it or whatever, and then took it off, and underneath there was a Saints jersey or something. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. <laughs> That's I don't, pretty I don't funny. Know. Listen, man, I don't know. It's I, I don't know what's in the water over there in New Orleans, but. Man, they have to get that shit in check, man. You just don't do that. Mm-mm. All right. And you know what? And this, remember, uh, so what? I supported Cam in all of these things. We supported Cam in this moment. We, In fact, here, here's a plug for the shirt. You can go to CarolinaCatChronicles.com and shop in the T-shirt section. And the I Stand with Cam T-shirt, who has been out, has been out since 2016, continues to have merit each and every week going to this week. In another case, go back to that stupid mom in Tennessee who cried about how he danced in front of everybody and showed off too much and how, how arrogant he was. And let's not forget that those jerk-offs from Green Bay who brought that flag in. And remember Cam ran by and snatched it and threw it in the trash and then they made him pay for it. Oh God, they made like the the Panthers paid the guy for it. So uh, it was an interesting moment. You're listening to C3 Panthers Podcast, number 252-228-5098. Hey, Panthers Podcast. What's happening? This is G. Cavassier. What's up, First, G? Give a shout-out to my dog, Cody Clemson. Hey, man. What you hey, expect you guys? You guys won the national championship. The national championship. And let's be honest, man. Let's put Carolinas on the map. North Carolina and South Carolina, man. You guys are the first that's fifteen it. and old national champions. Whoa, that that that's that's something big. That's now, my it, question man. to you, Cody, and to you, Professor. You know, Clemson's defense is pretty good, and they got a damn good defensive line. Do you <laughs> see any of them? You know, defensive ends, defensive tackles, even their corners are, are, are pretty good. You know, I know uh, the safeties are pretty good, too. They got a good defense, period. Do you see the Panthers taking any of them in the second round, if possible? Or do you feel like them boys are going to get taken out within, like, the first round? Like, people are going to start picking, you know, defensive tackles, defensive ends. What is your opinions on that? 
And before I go, let's talk about the bulldozer in the sandbox. What is up with Cam Newton's arm? I haven't heard nothing about surgery and nothing like that. I see the Heineke got surgery, and I put this on Twitter earlier. So the backup quarterback can get surgery, the Cam Newton can't. doesn't make no sense. But once again, shout out to Clemson, South Carolina, North Carolina, the Carolinas, baby. Yay. I'll let y'all later. Oh, man, the man, thanks for the call, brother. And, yeah, listen, there are – listen, man, I, w- I would love so much to have, uh, you know, a, a few of those de- defensive players on our defensive line. But I honestly believe that even in the first round, there are two Clemson players that are very much in play for us depending on how they're valued come draft time. I mentioned Dexter Lawrence who, by the way, didn't play at all in the playoffs at all. Nope. And, that's their, and that's their best defensive lineman on that Clemson D-line. And yet they still dominated Notre Dame and then still dominated Alabama, man. That is, a, that is a, an awesome unit. And one of the things that a, a matchup I noticed last night is Cleveland Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson, there were a few plays where my man Farrell put Jonah Williams, who is considered to be a top five pick offensive tackle out of Alabama, he put Jonah Williams on his ass a few times. So Farrell, Cleveland Farrell, that's another guy that, man, if he's there, that would be the, the perfect pick for the Carolina Panthers. He's strong. He has the right size to be an NFL defensive end. Um, I, I would love either of those. And then Austin Bryant um, mm-hmm. is another un, uh, underrated player who I think would be very beneficial to us um, in, the, in maybe the second or third round, depending on how far he falls. But, um, you know, he might be the most inconsistent of the Clemson defensive line. But, man, when, when he puts it all, t- all together, it almost looks better than even Farrell sometimes. Austin Bryant is very strong. He's powerful on the edge, does awesome against the run. And, yeah, I would I would absolutely uh, love any of those players. Um, as of right now, the, the, the corners are not eligible yet. Trayvon Mullen might be available. And if it is, that would be an interesting pick for uh, those like Brother Herbert who are interested to move on from Bradbury. Um but, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I love my Tigers, man. They won a national championship. I'm so proud of them. And, Joey, I know you are too, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Those guys, um, those, those professional, those expert pickers, every one of them had Alabama winning this. Every single one except Corso. Corso was the only um, ESPN guy that picked the Tigers. And they came out and just put it on Alabama. Alabama just did not have the horses. It was so obvious that they did not have the depth nor the talent to hang with Clemson and a big, big shout out to the Tigers offensive line. Yes. They played almost a perfect game. 
It was very impressive how they were able to completely stifle that Alabama defensive front. Uh, I would love for the Panthers to get uh, a defensive lineman for the Tigers. I don't know if it's possible because of where we're picking, but it would be, there definitely are guys in that team that could help us. No doubt about it. Guys, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. we got 33 people watching on YouTube. Let's go ahead and get those thumbs up smash. Let's get this video. Here's the deal. is It's the offseason. we got to work together, stay relevant as, as a culture, as a show. And we have the best, I think, the best community out of all the Panthers podcasts out there, or at least the most important to me at the very minimum. Cody, I want to ask you one more question about this Clemson thing is yeah, Dexter man. Lawrence misses he misses two games in the pl- college playoffs he's the best player reported on the defensive line how does that affect his draft stock and I know that and many people would say it's not uh you should you argue that it shouldn't all that much but at the same time there are a lot of guys whose stock rose in that game who played well does is there any chance that uh those games maybe cause him to slip a few picks even by being just less on the hot name. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to say as of right now, um, Clemson's going to continue with the appeal process. So here's another thing. If, if um, you know, technically Dexter Lawrence has another year of eligibility, he can go back yeah. to Clemson. But yeah. if that, uh, um, if that penalizing, um, if that strike against him uh, stands, then uh, he wouldn't be able to play all of next season anyway. So it makes it all the more likely that Dexter Lawrence is going to come out in the draft. Um, I don't see it hurting him that much. Listen, man, I mean, the the the, the culture that Dabo Swinney has implemented down there in Clemson, Dexter is not a cheater, man. He's not a cheater. Three players tested positive for a, something called a sliver of osterine. Uh, th- they say it's supposed to help with um, muscle deterioration or something. N- none of them had any idea that it was even in their system. And, and it was so small that, I mean, these tests are just better and better all the time that they're finding everything that's, that's in your system. I mean, th- there might be stuff in our system right now that would test positive from energy drinks and and, and not food me. and stuff not like me, that. Joey. Not, well, <laughs> hey, you never know, man. Um, but no, to but to your question, um, as long as he has a, a negative test during the combine, um, no, I honestly do not believe it will affect his stock at all. And right. I believe that, and I believe that him and Farrell uh, are perfect. They're in play for us right now where we are at number 16 unless uh, a few teams ahead of us um, evaluate them as highly as maybe they should. Uh, Then, yeah, we won't have a shot at them. But I would love either of them. And if they're there, yeah, I I would – I mean, that's a – the perfect pick for the Panthers is either one of them. Yeah. The one thing that stuck out to me about that game, guys, and it's really just off subject, is when that receiver broke that dude's leg by just juking him. 
<laughs> Whatever yeah, happened yeah. to that corner? That po- that co- that poor corner got beat so bad he re- literally broke his ankles. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. God. By the way, that re- that receiver, that receiver, Clemson stole him away from Alabama, oh, Alabama. that that yeah. same yeah. year. And then he is he the guy the that was the number one recruit out of Alabama that they lost? Yeah, the number one recruit out of Alabama on National Signing Day. He went to Clemson, decided to sign with Clemson instead of Alabama, and it ended up paying off against Alabama, man. Was the right decision. All right, the number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, what up? It's Josh from Math. What's up, Josh? Some some early thoughts after watching a weekend of uh, postseason football without us in it, also watching Clemson's smacked the tide around like it was no big deal. Man. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Things going forward for us. Uh, and I know it's it's a long shot, but I'd really like for, for the fan base to be kept in the loop as far as what's going on with Cam, you know, as far as his shoulder, yeah. as far as, you know, a rehab program or whether – a procedure is going to need to be done. I mean, for obvious reasons, they're not going to answer a lot of that. Um, we might get some vague information here and there, but I don't expect us to get anything major. But I, I really think it'd be it'd be prudent for us to at least hear something. Um, you know, and uh, you know, we start looking to the draft, and it's a pretty good looking draft as far as. Um, the pieces we need, really, um, and especially now that I think the season's over and a lot of that feel-goodism, if you want to call it that, um, that means it feels good. Um, the feel-goodism about keeping guys like Cap and, and Olsen and TD, uh, I think some of that's gone. So at least at least me, I'm starting to look at that in a realistic light. Um, you know, TD, I, I, I could... I could see us keeping him just to maybe hold off from us having to, you, you know, use a draft spot on a linebacker in a year that we're going to have to either uh, shit or get off the pot when it comes to Shaq Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or maybe be a remaining piece while we let Shaq walk. Who knows? Um, I think both of those are good possibilities. Um, Greg, I don't know. I mean, love the guy. He's done wonderful things for us in Charlotte. As we all know, he's been Cam's uh, go-to, his dog, if you will. I'm more concerned about his health. Um, You know, I guess he was uh, interviewed and said uh, a lot of guys who had this surgery that he's having now or about to have, once they have that, it's all it's all set. There is no uh, problems after that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that winds up being the case. Um, I think I'm about to go over, but I'll, I'll call back. I'll hog up some of the cat call time. I don't got a problem with it. Hopefully you guys don't either. <laughs> no, come on back. <laughs> All right. Uh, I do want to point out this, though, is that with Greg Olson, the situation is not complicated by the saving of money by parting ways with him is right now. If you cut him, 
you have only dead money and zero savings. So at the very minimum is that you're just bringing them in uh, like you. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be a guy if he wants to play and give it another go. That wouldn't be on this team, even if he isn't the Greg Olson of old. Here's Josh from Mass again. Hey, Josh from Mass again. Told you to call you back. Hey, it's been a while. Anyhow, so uh, again, eyes to the future. Um, you know, Peppers. I mean, again, that's a real feel-good deal. He didn't have a great year, but then again, neither did the D line at all. Yeah, none of them really flourished or performed or did much that we thought highly of. Um, so I could see this being it for him, maybe coming back one more year again. And I think the only reason we do that is because I think not necessarily two defensive ends, but I think we pick up at least one defensive end and maybe an interior guy in the draft. Um, I, I think the need on the defensive line is a little greater than the offensive line. I think the O-line is a piece or two away, whereas the D-line is the butler is done. Um, you know, Obata and Mario are, you know, I think going to be serviceable as rotational guys. I don't think they're going to be the monsters that we all kind of hope and want for. So I think having, you know, a new guy or two or maybe even three uh, isn't a bad idea for rotation and depth and having a guy like Peppers in there to teach the guys the little nuances and the little the techniques and the, the little things. Um, I think that could be real invaluable. Um, and as far as, uh, you know, the offense goes, there's a whole mess of people and, and I don't think for any good reason talking about us getting a B Antonio Brown. Oh yeah. That's a pipe dream, man. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool, but not going to happen. I really don't know if I want anybody out of Pittsburgh's locker room aside from the, the ass whooping we got. Never mind that, man. Just look at the talent on that team and the fact that they just never make it. A team like that on paper, you look at it and go, they're a contender every year. They didn't even make the damn playoffs this year. You know? So, what? you know, not, not to mention his cap hit is massive. His cap hit is massive. It would be yeah, it's almost just all about of all of our cap space. And yeah. that's before we re-sign anybody. That's before we do any deals or anything else goes on. I think the biggest question on the offensive side as far as this coming season, uh, outside of drafting, is Matt, the bum, the popcorn scooper himself, Khalil. <laughs> That's what he should go. be doing. I think I'm about out of time, uh, boys. Boy, he's got a radar for the time limit. He knew exactly when it was coming. Is you know I, I think he's really I think that's just solid solid call right there for overall is a realistic one about what we're looking at and I do think that as you said I you know what we what we saw this year with Mario Addison and Julius Peppers is two guys that are potentially not meant to be well Julius Peppers now in his career Mario Addison always in his career not meant to be three down defensive ends. Yeah. Um, and they were asked to be. They were asked to be this year. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, people forget the Mario Addison bumped around. Uh, I think he was with the Colts. Uh, he played some outside he's linebacker scared. before. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been uh, a few different places, and then he found a home here in Carolina. So, you know, that's why we mentioned really wanting to bolster the pass rush in the draft with a young, powerful, dominant defensive end um, who's younger, you know. Um, I don't know, Josh, uh, Josh was all over the place with that call, but one of the things that I do – agree with the most is that Antonio Brown, that there's there's no point. I mean, he's right in saying that if you were to have Antonio Brown, I, I, I want to say that would be most of our cap space. You know, I, I mean, that's just not, it's not worth it. And, and listen, the, the, we haven't really even talked about this yet because there's nothing to talk about because there's no news. We have no update on Cam Newton's shoulder. I mean, yeah, without have, Cam, without Cam Newton, AB is is nothing on this team, to be honest. Yeah, and, and do you think Antonio Brown wants to go with a quarterback that can't throw more than fifteen yards? I mean, why would you even <laughs> want? Why, right. why would you even want to come here? You know, so until there is a bill of health from Cam Newton, yeah, that's just a pipe dream. But to Gosh, be frank, yeah. I haven't heard too many twenty-two million dollars. Yeah, and to, I haven't heard too many Panther fans um, saying, you know, oh, we have to have Antonio Brown. I mean, there's a random one-off because, you know, uh, Cam and Antonio Brown were training together in the offseason. That's what they always cite. And then that video, mm, yeah. remember Antonio Brown wearing the Carolina Panthers helmet in his front yard one day? Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. So, but it's the money thing. Is the here's the thing. It's not even the trade thing. The trade thing is going to be enormous. Period. But even if we had the ability to compensate for that, we just don't have the money uh, for that because we have 19 free agents. Well, you know that those are guys that got to go to the Jets, that got to go to the Bills, that got to go to the Colts. We just it's not a team that has paid their stars already. Uh, can't afford to adopt. Um, a guy with that kind of contract at this moment. All right, then, uh, look, we got the last call of the night right here. Let's see what we got here. Hi, what's up, C3? Call D. Call D. What's up, bro? What's up, T? What's up, the Professor T? The man himself, Tony. What's up, Joey? The, the mean one. And I got to give a special shout-out to my man, Cody Lack. Congratulations. How about them Tigers? How about them Tigers, Tigers, baby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cody. I was a um, Clemson fan. I I was sort of a Clemson fan since um, Deshaun Watson days. Um, yeah. but I'm nowhere near as big of a fan as you are. You know them inside out. I, you know. Anyway, I'm so glad Alabama got they, you know what, handed to them. Great job, Dabo. And like I said, Cody, see, that's why I want Dabo for head coach for the Panthers. Yeah, Clemson might be losing a good coach. 
Stay but away just from my about dabble. At least your NFL team will be gaining an <laughs> awesome one. Right? Right? I mean, anyway. There's a lot of argument there right yeah, now. Yeah, no draft board for me tonight. Um, I didn't. I've been got busy the weekend and had to work tonight. Well, I'm still at work, but um, so I ain't been able to do my draft board, but I will be back next week. There will be a Cardi's draft board next week. So look out for that. I was going to do the linebackers, but I'm, I do the linebackers a little later on next week. A few defensive, just a few of the defensive tackles, and then I'm going to the safety position. All right. So look for that I next week it. on the cat calls coming next week. Tune in for that. Um, until next time, guys, keep pounding. All right. This is uh, Joseph. Great call. Thanks, Carl D. You're the man. Uh, we won't tell you, we won't tell anybody that you're, uh, you're calling on the job. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Broach, Joseph Broach has a couple of good comments when it comes to that. I, I kind of am interested in, he says a solid number two QB is more important than a $20 million, uh, wide receiver. And he goes on to say that North Turner pretty much admitted not having a proven number two is what ended our season. So, you know, is that now the question, and this is, you know, we end where we began in so many ways, and that is as we watch the playoffs, we continue to see how important uh, quarterback play was, uh, even against good defenses or when it was absent, um, how those teams uh, just didn't look like they had the potential to win. Question is, how do you address this issue going forward? Do you just sit and hope that Cam Newton is well and good and everything is fine? Uh, do you go in the draft like uh, Ken Dye is saying um, in the fourth round and like Cody and some other people have mentioned is that you go ahead and you start getting a guy that's respectable through that means? Or do you go into free agency and maybe not go after a guy that's going to cost a ton, uh, but a guy that maybe has a little bit of experience and potentially could grow into something else? You know, we don't have NFL Europe, but I remember Jake DeLome came to the Carolina Panthers in a situation much like this, and that is um, maybe not with a Cam Newton there. Obviously, that was a Chris Winkie there, but DeLome was not given the starting job from the beginning when he came to Carolina. So, I mean, I'm not saying let's talk about life after Cam. Is I'm talking about maybe we need to know what life without Cam is like and waiting for Cam to be the man. All right, guys, I think uh, that's the the kind of final point of the show. We got two more things to do, and then we get out of here. We got to get our ice up picks in. But uh, last week we started, and we talked this week about the playoffs. Who we got this weekend? Right now is it, and where is the – so right now, going forward, AFC, and we'll make our picks going forward, Colts, uh, Colts at Chiefs, Chargers at Patriots, Eagles at Saints, Cowboys at Rams. Let's start. We'll just go left to right. AFC Colts, the surging Colts go on the road to play the high-powered Kansas City offense that has zero defense, who has been struggling in the latter half of a season like an Andy Reid team has been known to do in Kansas City. A hostile environment in the Astrodome. 
Who do you guys got? I'll start with Joey. The Colts look good in the wild card game. They only put up 21 against Houston, though. Are they going to be able to keep up with that Chiefs offense? I think so. Ever since the Chiefs lost their running back, um, his name escapes me right now. Is it Hunt? Yeah, Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think it was his name. Um, ever since they lost him, they have not been the same. At least when it comes to running the ball. So, um, that plus the fact that their defense is non-existent, I think you have to go with the Colts here because the Colts are on fire. They're playing at a very high level now. And that includes their defense. Their defense has stepped up. So um, I think it's close. And honestly, I still think we see a fair number of points. But I think the Colts will take it. He's becoming a popular pick and one that you guys continue to, te- to, talk, to tease me with. Cody, who you got in this game? You know, man, I, I, I'm kind of bitter about this matchup because on one hand, I really do like Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that's a guy that came out of nowhere and just played absolutely incredible. He's mm-hmm. the MVP in my he's the MVP in my mind this season, mm-hmm. and it's not even close. As as good as Drew Brees is, I don't even think Drew Brees is a close number two. I think it's the Patrick Mahomes award. Um, but they have Kelvin Benjamin, man. So I will never pick Kansas City at all because Kelvin Benjamin is on that football team. Um, you know, even Andrew Luck, you know, people compare him to Cam Newton because, you know, if uh, Andrew would have come out a year earlier, maybe Andrew Luck would have been our quarterback instead of Cam Newton. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm, it's hard to dislike the man and everything that he's come back from uh, with, with the shoulder. Now you're kind of hoping that uh, Cam Newton can do the same thing. So, if anything, watching Luck gives me hope for Cam Newton and his shoulder moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I also like the Colts uh, to to be victorious uh, in, in Arrowhead, and the Chiefs will still not have won a home playoff game since 1993. How about that? I am uh I'm betting against that trend right there. Give me the Chiefs. Uh I just noticed this. I didn't even know Mike Mitchell played with the Indianapolis Colts. He will be out in this game with a calf injury. The Chiefs defense though has been atrocious in the back end of the season. But you know, there's been a lot of there's you know, you give Andy Reid a lot of time here. Patrick Mahomes has been sensational right now. Um I do think that this is I can see exactly what you guys are saying. But I'm just playing the odds here and that hopefully the Chiefs use that home field advantage for one time in their life when it matters and win this game. Moving on to the Chargers at the Patriots. This is the popular pick to and I think I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm ready to pick the Chargers. Dag on them. Dag them. Dag, dag, diggity dang them, as uh, old <laughs> Philip Rivers would say, um, you know, that that these ain't your uncle's Chargers right now. The Chargers have found ways to win both defensively and offensively, and they have not necessarily found ways to lose like they have in the past. 
the Patriots and Tom Brady struggling with the knee injury. They have been uh, whelming this season, not underwhelming, not overwhelming, whelming. I'm just, this is the upset I want. I want to see. It might be me picking with my heart instead of my head, but the Chargers on the road in Foxborough, that's my pick. Who you got, Joey? Give me the Chargers. I think this is the year where they have the talent across the board. They're getting their tight end back, uh, Hunter Henry, I believe is his name. And I think he'll come back and be ready to contribute right away. Cody, who you got? Patriots, man. Come on. The Patriots are – Tom Brady's off somewhere sacrificing a goat as we speak. As we talk right and now. He's with Perry Castro for murdering a goat in the streets of Greenville, Joey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Listen, I just, I, I just think, um, you know, we've seen this too many times uh, to to think that the the Patriots aren't going to do this. Um, Josh in the chat, he's heavily pulling for the Chargers. Uh, I don't blame him being in Patriots territory, but yeah, I think that the the Patriots. And, and listen, I don't even have a reason to pick them other than it's the Patriots. But that's all I need, really. So I mean, no, Josh Gordon, no Josh Gordon now. And uh, yeah. Ken says the weather is supposed to be really cold. That's worth ten points for New England. Tony, that... Ken die? Yeah, in the chat oh. room. I, I I thought I heard you say that. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, now moving on to the Eagles at the Saints, and uh, the Eagles, man. Uh, I think this is too tall of an order right here to go on the road and beat the Saints. Now, I'm not saying I think that they have the defense that could do it, but at the same time, we saw that their secondary has been pummeled by injuries and it's kind of this mismatch of, um, you know, younger players and uh, retread or recycled players. The Saints right now have everything going for them. And don't worry about the Panthers beating them in week 17 as an example. But the Saints offense has not been just clicking on all cylinders for the last few weeks. But I just think that the Eagles, man, ask him Nick Foles to recreate the magic of last year too much. Give me the Saints. Joey, who you got? As much as I hate to say it. I know it pains me. It pains me. It really does pain me to say. I think the Saints are just too good. They're at home and they're too freaking good. And I, I think I heard somewhere the Eagles are saying that they're a different team going to New Orleans than the last time. But the bad part is, it's that same New Orleans Saints team that's in New Orleans waiting for them. Joey's got the same two you got, Cody. Yeah, man. Uh, we're all unanimous. Um, I, I, I don't. Let me tell you what, though, man. I, I, I'm picking the Saints, but if the Eagles pull this off and you're a Philadelphia fan, are you not wondering if Nick Foles isn't the better quarterback between Carson oh, yeah. and Nick at that point, yeah, uh, it's you really have to start asking those questions. But no, um, in my mind, the 
I mean, they're going to play inside the Superdome uh, for the rest of the season. And even if they make it to the Super Bowl, uh, they're in Atlanta. It's in the Dome there, too. So uh, all, everything at this point is pretty much favoring New Orleans. So, yeah, I'm picking the Saints. Here's the storyline for you. The Eagles go into New Orleans. They're on the road twice. They beat the Saints with Nick Foles. And then in the ultimate revenge match, Nick Foles against the L.A. Rams, bringing it back to them and sticking the dagger in them. What a storyline that would be. Uh, <laughs> all right, so Cowboys, Rams. Uh, I don't think the Eagles uh, overtake the Saints, but if they do – they're playing the Rams, in my opinion, and that is the Rams are hosting the Cowboys. And God bless, the Cowboys are playing all right, to be honest. That Alan Hearns injury, guys. I was watching the game. We were at the, we were at the Carolina Ooh. Ale House, a friend's birthday, and we're watching the game, just casual interest, just sitting there drinking a beer. I see it, and I go, huh, is his foot backwards? And one, one foot, his his body was laying flat on the ground, and his toes were pointed. He was a stomach on the ground, toes straight to the sky. Horrific. I went, huh, is that his foot facing the wrong way on backwards? Oh, his foot is on backwards. The Cowboys, though, it's not like losing Hearns take them to tremendously, you know, crush their team. They got a good defense. They have a running game. It is possible. But the Rams and that defense, they got a good defense, too, and an even better offense. Give me the Rams. Joey, who you got? I'm taking the Rams. Um, the Cowboys made a run. Uh, you know, they, they really played well. I just don't think they have the horses, man. I really don't. Cody? Uh, yeah, Carl D is not happy with my picks in the chat. Uh, he, he doesn't like where I'm going with them, but uh, I have a feeling I might disappoint him again. I'm going Dallas, man. Uh, what? You know, I, I'm going Dallas, and I'll tell you why. I, I think that now that Chicago is out, I think that they have the best uh, run-stopping defense in the NFL right now. I mean, they, they've, they've done it time and time again to all these powerful rushing defenses. And I think that if any – I mean, they, they have the pass rushers to do it, and they have the young, fast linebackers to be able to stop it. So that means you're having to force Jared to sit back in the pocket and, and, and throw the football down the field, uh, you know, under pressure. And to be honest, I don't know that Jared Goff does that very well. So, um, and plus that the Coliseum, I don't know how much of a home field advantage that is for them. I mean, they, they, they haven't been in L.A. that long. Uh, there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans there. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm picking Dallas, man. Is Ty Gurley still out? What's wrong with him? I don't know. That I don't know. DJ Anderson though has put up like 300 yards in two weeks with these cats though. Yeah, um, interesting is it, to me is that like I just take Aaron Donald over everybody at this point. Uh, so all those great things about the Cowboys defense, I say Aaron Donald is better than all of that. But uh, you know, is that I wouldn't be surprised. You know, people are gonna be upset if that happens. 
but at the same time, you're just going to be sad because the Sean McVay offensive guru not stuff is maybe not as um, as overwhelming in the long run as we have been uh, enthralled with in the immediacy. All right. That's it. We made our picks. We, we've we done the cat calls. We've had a fantastic show, a lot of good things to preview. And uh, right now we just got to end it up with some ice up picks. And I'm going to turn the mic over to Cody Lashney if you're ready. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't got to go. Um, All right. I'm with nope. ice up pick. I got to go. Go start my treatment. No, that's right. fine, man. Enjoy your night, brother. Hey, thanks. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening, C3 fans. We do appreciate you. And Tony, um, take care, brother. Um, Cody, good seeing you, and I'll, be, I'll see you next Tuesday. Absolutely, man. Have a good night, Joey. All right. Thank you. All right. So an ice up pick. So as, as you all know by now at this point, um, my Tigers won last night, but ESPN has a million different channels. And on one of these channels, you were able to witness the Monday Night Football crew uh, officiate <laughs> uh, uh, officiate the, the the football game and talk about the film the room, right? The film room, yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, Jason Witten is an idiot. <laughs> okay, Jason oh, Witten, I, I feel like he doesn't. He doesn't know where he is half the time. So he doesn't know. I mean, this is the very first play, right, the kickoff. Jason Witten doesn't even know that when you uh, – it doesn't even know that in in college, during kickoff, if they uh, call a fair catch, it's not wherever uh, they're standing on the field. No matter where you are, if you call a fair catch, then it's at the 20-yard line. Well, Jason Witten just didn't know that. It's true. And don't forget, everyone you know, so deep comes in his on, on defense. Why do you fair catch it? No, that's a new rule. No, bring it out yeah, for the yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, you know, cleaning everything up here. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you don't want my... Yeah, trying to play it off. Oh, yeah, 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 I knew that. I knew that. Uh, that, that that's right, yeah. Uh, but listen, no, I, this is maybe piling on at this point, but uh, no one likes Jason Witten in the Monday Night Football role. I don't either. I don't think him and Booger McFarlane are very good. But come on, if you're going to be on television, if you're going to make the transition from football to the officiating booth, you have to do better than that, man. You have to do better. So to Jason Witten... I suck, my man. Um, Susan Deans in the Facebook chat says, oh, no, Cody, no Dallas. And uh, Susan listens every Friday when I go on to Pirate Radio uh, to go on the sports bar with my buddy Clip and talk Panthers and Pirate football and NFL. And she said, Cody, you make her laugh every show. So I just went ahead and followed you on Twitter. Nice. Thanks, Susan. You're a champion. All right, so. My ice up pick, uh, I kind of got two. I got the real one and the funny one. The funny one is to you, something you put up, Cody, on Twitter about uh, PETA 
and PETA, the, and I've iced up PETA several times on this show. They come out and they put out a statement that says something to the effect of like, make an argument for why people should eat bacon. Like um, what's a good reason people should eat bacon. And then it, it launched this litany of discussion that just became a bacon advertisement thread for all the beautiful reasons that you should eat bacon. And Cody said one to something to the effect of like healthy fats and in moderation, it, it, it can be a good source. I mean, not healthy fat, a good source of fat in moderation. It's tasty and uh, it's just delicious. And then I just was thinking, man, whenever you wrap bacon around another wonderful protein that they hate us eating, it just only moisturizes that less that inferior protein and infuses it with the superior protein of bacon. So to me, PETA, you just continue to show your idiots when you ask the world, why should we eat bacon when it turns out to be every meat eaters like number one tasty treat, right? So to you, PETA, I say ice up, but my real ice up pick goes, and this is going to be unpopular to a lot of people that are in my Twitter feed, I think. And that is, I'm tired of people calling NFL games boring when they're not scoring a bazillion points. All I heard from some of these pessimists, and you know I ice these guys up every week. I hate these couple of people on Twitter. And you know what? I think they've just muted me by this point, but I think they're idiots. Oh, that's who my ice up pick was going to be. The idiot himself, Marxist Panther. (laughs) <laughs> who then goes out and says, uh, he goes and he tweets out and he says, Ted Ginn is a better receiver than DJ Moore, head and shoulders. We miss you, Ted Ginn. And I, my head, my, I blew a, a brain, my head exploded at this moment. And then I just railed at, not at him because, you know, he don't even talk to me and fine because he's a douchebag, to be honest. Like he's just is a hater on everything. So he's so sad all the time and so pessimistic. But here, you're trying to tell me that Ted Ginn Jr., even right now, who only scored, who only had 220 yards this season, mainly because of injury, but still, has only in the most of his entire 11-year career had 790 yards receiving. And DJ Moore, in eight games in his rookie season, had 788. Too shy, right? The idea, too, of comparing uh, an 11-year vet to a rookie with a quarterback that can't throw downfield, who has not been integrated into the system yet. And uh, what we have all continued to say is that that we said, why wasn't DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel in there earlier and all this? It's just an, oh, a, a stupid discussion to even have. It's a dumber comparison to have. And remind you and me that Ted Ken Jr. was like the number one pick in the damn draft or top nine. or He was a top ten pick. DJ Moore is in the 20s, so shut up, ice up. And to all you people that say football is boring just because there's not a bazillion touchdowns, sure, are these 44 games or whatever, 44 to 37 games exciting? Yes, but so is seeing a team try to mount a comeback at the end. So is seeing teams strip sack and fumble uh, and you know recover a fumble. And uh, seeing a team miss a field goal, kerplunk at the end of the game, 
All these games came down to the wire. They were close. The points weren't there. But to you, I say, hey, it's football, and I love it. So stop saying it's boring. Ice up. Did I break up? You're breaking up at this point. So is that, Cody, may want to refresh your browser as I close out the show. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. We're live on uh, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m., where we come here and rap about the Panthers 52 weeks a year. <clears throat> and uh, we're in our 49th show. 49th show. We will finish the, the season with the show right before the Super Bowl and then start back up after that year. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can call into the, uh, the cat calls line, 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed on Megaphone. We're now part of the Overtime Media Network. Support their podcast and help us grow a network of people who love their football, their college, their NFL, and college football like we do. Cody, how can people like Susan find you on Twitter? C O D Y L A C at C O D Y L A C on Twitter. Um, I respond to everybody. Uh, I also post uh, silly, stupid, stupid stuff because uh, I'm a dork, you know. I own it. Um, but also tomorrow, check out drafttech.com. There's a brand new mock draft coming out. Uh, there is at least uh, five picks that uh, I honestly believe uh, fill a lot of holes for the Panthers, and they're good players that I want you to keep an eye on. Players that we're going to be talking about at some point this season when we start covering players in the draft. So look out for it, drafttech.com. That's all I have to say. Tony Dunn. All right. You've listened to the C3 Panthers podcast. We'll be back here live Tuesday of next week, 9 p.m. You hope you enjoyed the State of the Union back by uncertainty. Subscribe to our show, like us whatever you want to do, go and uh, support Cam. Buy a I Stand With Cam t-shirt. Thanks and good night. Keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.